0: All right, we were rolling. Push up. Penguins probably lost, unless they pulled a miraculous comeback. And Jeff is looking. This is uh, range yeah, life the paper. Monday, seven thirty at Pittsburgh.
1: <sighs> so I didn't miss anything good. Thanks. Well, yeah, as we, as I said, if. If the true fans find out that you weren't watching, it could have been your eyes that made the the outcome different. But isn't that kind of Schrodinger's... (laughs) No, because it's being being observed. (laughs) I suppose... I mean, you could make a philosophical point about... So, okay. My preferred interpretation of quantum mechanics, and I would stress that these are all interpretations of quantum mechanics. In other words, the math is all exactly the same. how it come, how The outcomes are exactly the same. It's just how you interpret how the result works in classical intuition. But my preferred interpretation is Rovelli's interpretation, which is not the traditional Copenhagen. It's not many worlds. It's not even Bayesian. It's it's sort of a combination of uh, Everton and Copenhagen, the idea is actually, I think, kind of brilliant. It's consider that everyone, just like in Relativity, is their own observer. Effectively, everyone is their own mini-universe. Right. And That's kind of
0: what I was just going to say about uh, yeah. the Penguin thing, right? What if everything external to me is just for me? And it's not. Right? What if you're
1: just a puppet that's entertaining me right now? No, that's not. <laughs> that's not how far the, the interpretation goes. I guess you could interpret it that far, but the point is not that you are your own universe in isolation. You communicate with other universes, okay. so you and I share a very close reality that is not exactly the same. Is is the difference? And from the Rovelli interpretation idea. Anything that is uh, that is not necessarily observed by you is not intrinsically part of your reality until it's observed by you. That being said, it's not. So the as penguins if, didn't lose until I just checked my phone. From your perspective, because that was your knowledge, right? Your the knowledge that you had was only was only incorporated when you had the information. Now the other stuff around you had that information, so you can. You, you, there, there's, it's questionable as to whether that is actually the case in, in the Rebellion interpretation. But the point being that th- this is a, a, really an attempt to, to get about a very interesting f- question with uh, with entanglement and other stuff like that. And the way it works, let me start to play some music so we can get around me just spewing stuff without music behind me.
0: <sighs> okay if you get tired of Greg just turn into our separate audio programming (laughs) yeah put on your SAP channel in in Espanol (laughs) (laughs) that'd be fun getting someone to translate you to Spanish
1: (laughs) so (laughs) let me remind people who aren't aware of it the the, one of the principal strangeness things of quantum mechanics which is the uh, the entanglement issue right and I'll just go with a simplified version of it you, are, you have some particle that is entangled with another particle uh, such that their spins are always going to be opposite. When you measure them, when you make the measurement, if you measure the, the spin of one as being up, the spin of the other one is going to be down. Again, I'm simplifying this for, for cases, but it's essentially what, what the tango is about. Because those two particles are part of one system. Is the reason why it works that way. So they have they have to have uh, one has to be up, one has to be down, so that there's so that the total overall spin is zero. And these particles are essentially treated as a single system, no matter f- how far they are separated. And the other interesting thing about it is that we have shown via various different experiments that it's not the case like Einstein thought whereas if I take two coins flip them and then put them into an envelope without looking at them that is the Einstein perspective. The information was there the whole time but I just wasn't looking at it. In fact we've done experiments that for various reasons show that it's not that the information was there the whole time it's that the information wasn't there at all until one or the other looked at the particle. So it's not that it was up or down and it was always up or down until I looked at you know, before I looked at it and when I looked at it it said it was in both states or in neither state depending on how you want to interpret it until one of us looked at it then the system changed and it turned into whatever it was so there are a bunch of ways to interpret this uh, which is I take one particle that's entangled and throw the other particle away I measure something I know what you're going to measure Whenever you measure it Okay here's a question for you
0: So I was was just thinking about Schrodinger's cat Right And the cat's both alive and dead until we look at it Yes But the cat has eyes and a brain And neurons right But I want to step back Okay so There's an experiment You observe it But then You get hit by a bus And never tell anyone else The results of the experiment Mm -hmm. Is that waveform still collapsed, or is it
1: not collapsed if you never share the information? Um, From the perspective of anything uh, in your... It's a difficult question. Because the information is lost. Yeah. Yes. Yes, the information is lost. And so at that point, if you have not communicated the information to anybody, then it becomes... It is not collapsed from the perspective of anything else. It's, that would be Rebelli. Okay. Is that it is collapsed from the perspective of you when you have looked at it. In, in that. So. Or you could also interpret that as many worlds. So it, the, the, the same concept applies. There's a relative um, decoherence. Uh, in the sense that you inhabited some slice. In, in in the multi in the many universe it, so the many worlds interpretation, you inhabit some slice of the universe where that was the case. You hit by a bus, that particular slice of the universe is not necessarily the slice of the universe anybody else is in. So from your slice it was collapsed, but not necessarily anybody else's slice.
0: So if you're doing Schrodinger's cat experiment and the cat's dead and you overcome it with grief and commit your suicide,
1: the cat could be alive. Uh, yeah, That, that there's, a, there's a famous thought experiment called the Quantum Suicide Experiment that is, if this is the case, multi, the Everton multi worlds, that you could put yourself into a sort of suicide booth where there's a, just similar to a, to a quantum superposition, there's the chance that, that they, it will kill you or not. One of you should find yourself never being killed one of you okay because it should constantly separate out that one of you is never going to die in that situation that's the quantum suicide experiment okay Uh, of course no one's ever tried it (laughs) and then again I mean if there are billions and you know an infinite amount of of, yeah
0: this copy of you might yeah the odds of you being the one that doesn't get your head chopped off
1: is low so, the perspective of the, the Copenhagen perspective is that these waveforms there's, there's a, there is an actual collapse and there is an actual objective reality. And when this is collapsed, the other one collapses necessarily. So, you, the reason why you will always measure up and they will always measure down is because whenever one of you collapses the waveform, the waveform is collapsed, period.
0: So in the the hit-by-a-bus scenario there, then it's still collapsed. It's still collapsed. Even though you did not communicate the results. Right. So the question I have with that one is, what is intrinsically special about photons going into a lens, hitting a cornea, and sending electrical signals to
1: your brain it collapses the waveform. The you know, information COVID information does not answer that question at all. Doesn't even attempt to. Well right. what the I'm saying is, is,
0: right, I mean, why does that mechanism collapse the waveform if you don't communicate it to another person, which, you know, if information isn't spread and it dies with you, what's intrinsic about you viewing it? Right? It's almost like it's
1: it's spooky. It's weird. It, it is. It is spooky, which is why Einstein did call it spooky action at distance. And the the idea then is again that it is intrinsically collapsed, but not people aren't going to notice that until they observe the system to know that it's intrinsically collapsed because they will be able to. Because if they had a measurement from your system, they would be able to measure it with yours because there is no objective reality. Now, but okay, so let me go into
0: the the follow up question. I would have. I'm just throwing it out there first, so you can head it off. Is Okay, if it collapses when I see it but it doesn't you know, if if I don't spread the information, can't spread the information because I cease to exist, it's still intrinsically collapsed. Then this whole it's not collapsed until you view a thing. How you know, how do we know that's true? How do we, you know how do we know that nothing is viewed it and like you know, if there's nothing special about photons hitting a lens in the cornea and electric signals to a neuron, then how do we know that just some other
1: piece of matter being in the proximity can't observe it right and and that is a major problem with all of these interpretations uh, the many worlds interpretation as I sort of briefly alluded to interprets the situation as once you measure something just like Copenhagen you're in objective reality but that objective reality is a very is a small slice of the possible reality mm-hmm. so when you measure something it's collapsed for you in that particular slice of reality, but that particular slice of reality is not necessarily the entirety of all existence, just you're in that slice of reality. Okay. Rivelli takes an even stranger route, I think, but also probably the more correct one from my perspective, which is once it's collapsed or decohere from your perspective, it's decohered from your perspective, so the answer is yes. The only situation that can occur from the other thing is for the YouTube is is for the wave function to be effectively collapsed because you've made the termination from your perspective. But that's only relative to you. That's not relative to everybody else. There is no objective reality in the Rovelli interpretation. It is, if you can interpret this way, the. The many worlds says that there are many possible slices. The Ravelli interpretation says effectively there are no worlds. It's not many worlds. It's not one world. There are no worlds. There is no objective reality. Everything is relative.
0: The question about Ravelli then is, so you sound like everyone determines the outcome of an event when they observe it. You know, what keeps that consistent? What keeps someone from seeing something completely opposite? You know, the other result, as a a humorous aside, maybe that's where I was the facts come from. Uh,
1: (laughs) What keeps it from being inconsistent is that the laws of physics that we describe are accurate. So what keeps it from being different is that everything in our light cone is going to be consistent. All right. Uh, And that's the fact. All right, so
0: galactic scale experiment. You have two observers on the opposite sides of an event where it's such a vast scale that the light cones are radiating out from the event but not necessarily overlapping with the people. Mm -hmm. Is that a scenario where the two people could get... Opposite results?
1: Well, effectively, remember when we had the big. Remember, it was a couple years ago, we talked about things that are moving away from each other at, Mm -hmm. you know, for faster than the speed of light. As long as they never communicate with each other, they can happily live in their own realities. But. And they could be
0: inconsistent from each other. Yeah. It doesn't matter.
1: But if they ever are in communication, then their reality has to be consistent. So
0: they have. So then they have to see the same result if there's a possibility they could ever get back
1: together. Exactly. And what it effectively does is this this interpretation makes all of the kookiness of, of entanglement go away. because
0: Right, so it means the universe has to be more, has to be consistent because, okay, you're in a, you're in a system right now that isn't communicating with each other, so it could have let things slide and things were opposite. But if both of those observers start jetting towards each other at 99.9% the speed of light, they'll be able to start communicating again. Right. So to cover my bases, I'm just going to make sure they get... Uh, me the universe,
1: to cover my bases, I'm going to make sure they get the same information. Effectively, the, the, whatever it is about the universe that keeps relativity working is the same thing that keeps this working. He doesn't want to get caught in a lie. The universe doesn't want to the get The universe in a lie. doesn't lie. He doesn't want to get caught in a lie. It could lie. No, well, I mean, from the perspective of this, the universe doesn't lie, right? That—that's the—that is sort of the scientific assumption. The universe yeah. is not. I lying mean,
0: to I am anthropomorphizing yes. here like crazy. Yeah. I feel like Chuck Nice all of a sudden, right? <laughs> and I don't like it. I don't necessarily like it, but I'm having fun. Well, no, with Chuck this.
1: Nice serves a purpose. Even if he doesn't necessarily believe what he's asking, asking the question is important. People would ask. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, you don't necessarily believe what you're asking, but you're asking the right question, which is, why? Why does the universe maintain itself as not well? Yeah, I
0: mean, it's kind of just building upon things you were saying, right? right. Because you're saying, we're talking about how independent observers could observe different results. Right. And then we're just talking about now how... If they could communicate in the future, they're going to get the same results. So now it sounds like the you know like it sounds like the universe this this universe person God is imposing well, a could, reality right? could you know I could lie, but
1: if I, I don't I can't get caught in that, so right. I'm not going to you know yeah and again yeah that is uh, putting a, a uh, anthropomorphizing <laughs> yeah. the universe just doesn't want to get caught, but it's more like for whatever reason or at least from from the from the perspective of the scientist that doesn't want to anthropomorphize. Mm-hmm it's more as if for whatever reason the universe doesn't get into this situation and again the interesting thing about the relevant interpretation is not that it explains anything in particular it doesn't explain why it is that the correlations are like this or why the universe doesn't doesn't either want to or simply cannot get caught in an inconsistency but it says in keeping with that thing that we observe about the universe if you explain entanglement and stuff from that perspective it all completely makes sense and it all nothing gets spooky about it because why would it work any other way Mm -hmm. that's what I really like about it is that there's nothing intrinsically different about it than anything else it's just no the universe is consistent and the universe is going to maintain that consistency Okay. So it doesn't solve the problem at all, but it does make it, to me, a more a more uh, so is this
0: insightful a, is, observation. So is this a thing like we were talking about in the pre-show, right? Where the odds are so
1: vanqu- vanquishingly slow, low is not about odds. Oh, sure. Because the odds are are one to one that, that okay. you're going to get this. So it's not. is not. Then why odds. are all
0: these theories about you know? Like the thing we just talked about, about two observers in different uh-huh. light cones could see different results.
1: Because those two observers effectively inhabit different universes. And we don't. We inhabit the same universe, we're in the same light cone. All, I mean, you and I inhabit separate universes for such a minute period of time that, and, and they then ultimately communicate, that there's no uh, reason to expect that we should see anything in any different way.
0: Okay. Uh, the part I'm getting hung up on right now is that these are good questions, by the way. Excellent questions. I mean, it's, it's a, the part I'm just trying to reconcile right now is, I, I understand both sides of it, right? I understand the if you can't observe it. Yeah, that, that, we've talked about this before, Like, kind of my mantra about philosophy and religion. And if you can't reserve, observe it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like that light cone argument that we were just having, right? If something else is completely outside your light cone, means you, by definition, cannot interact with it ever. So it doesn't really matter. Right. So maybe, yeah, so maybe I was kind of confusing the definition of light cone. Because if something's outside my light cone, then it is impossible to get inside my light cone, right?
1: No. So you no? can, can come into your light cone that was outside of your light cone. But at that point, then it would be. In, but, right. Okay. Yeah. It's, not impo- it's impossible yeah. for that, if, for an event. If, if if we're considering an event from the. Pers- an event that's outside your light cone can never be inside your light cone. An event being at a particular space and time. An event that's outside your light cone. Okay. But right. an item. Or an object or something that was outside your light cone could come into your light cone, but it can't. But but an item is an object that traverses time as opposed to an event is an object or is an event is, is talking about a particular space and time. You see okay. what I'm saying? Sure. We're up against the All right,
0: so in that case. Yeah, I lost track of a couple of things, threads I was trying to <laughs> hang on to. Um, okay, so the light cone, more or less what I thought it was at the beginning.
1: For those who are unaware of a light cone, just consider um, the point where you are as a single point and then draw a line through that point and spread out at 45 degrees one line above that line you drew through it, and another line at at the opposite 45 degrees. And similar, so you just have basically do similar around the other end, so you have two, basically, cones or two triangles that point at this, and one is your future light cone, and one is your past light cone, and you are at the center. So everything at 45 degrees is the speed of light, everything in the middle is in between those two, is stuff that is less than the speed of light everything outside those cones is outside the speed of light Mm -hmm. faster than than the speed of light yes and therefore your universe is defined by that cone by the past and future Mm -hmm. light cone and it gets smaller and smaller as it gets to the point where you are and gets larger and larger as you get away because Mm -hmm. the distance that light can travel gets further and further it gets larger and larger so the dis
0: so in this diagram, the distance from you is time and the width of the cone is distance from you.
1: Yes. So this direct so when I said you point in here and this thing across you, that's space.
0: Right. So X is space. Right. Y is time Y is time. And then you have this big X drawn on that Cartesian plane. Mm-hmm. And the wider that so the X is narrow close to you and wider far away from you, the further more time has passed. Mm-hmm. So the more time has passed the wider your field of view, but not really, it's not the widest of the field of view it's the depth of the view.
1: So it's how far out you can see. Right. And everything inside this cone, just to make sure we have the definitions right, is called timelike. Everything outside this cone is called space-like. and this, these lines are called light like so if we're talking about a time like thing we're talking about inside this this inside your light cone if we're talking about space like We're talking about
0: outside So cone. it's kind of graphing it's it's changing like the dimensions where you know there's a sphere that grows around you and the 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 radius of that sphere is the width of the x and The Time As time passed is the Mm -hmm.
1: y-axis Yep Yep Got it Cool And so
0: this is I I, I lost I totally lost the two of the threads That I was trying to tie (laughs) in together I don't know where they went so, and I've been trying to pull them back into their gone. But the
1: idea is, of course, you know, any events that can, that can interact with each other are time-like events, right? So because they would be things that are inside this light cone, inside their each other's light cone, whereas a space-like event is not necessarily going to interact with you, and is effectively not known to you. You can't know what space-like events are. That doesn't mean there isn't some other perspective that can see events. That are space like from your perspective but are time like from that other perspective. If there was somebody here, it's possible that they would see So what do you call things
0: that So in this in this graph of the light cone, the y-axis is time. Is it presumed to be infinite in this graph? I mean does like so Anything in that vertical cone Even if You Here observe Like here on earth our light cone goes out 14 billion years Uh Something that's 15 and a half Billion years out there Isn't in See I would have just I would have defined that as isn't in our light cone yet but in this light cone graph you just showed, it is in our light cone because time is just the y-axis and not uh, yeah. and not uh, not an incrementer or anything like that. So it is in our light cone, even though...
1: It is our in our future f- light cone, yes. In our future light cone. Uh, so it, it, there actually is terminology like that. Okay. Yeah, this is the past light cone, this is the future light cone. So it, it can be in your future light cone. Remember, you're, you're observing from... Right. It's in your future light cone, but it's not yet observable. Right. Okay.
0: That's something that... So when I was previously imagining a light cone, uh, imagine a flashlight beam Uh against a wall, right? It ends at that wall. You can't see...
1: Well, only because the wall is an event horizon effect. I'm
0: not saying... Yeah, maybe the wall is not the best example. Maybe it's where the flashlight gets too dim to really see beyond, right? But I imagined a light cone where it was kind of a traditional cone shape where there's a flat base, Right? And that's the and that's the speed of light times time type thing, and I would have thought something just on the other side of that base would have been defined as outside the light cone, but it sounds like it's in the light cone, just not in yet the, observable.
1: Yeah, in the future part of the the cone is going to continue expanding, get larger and larger and larger, and it's going it's either going to be inside this light cone or not. We define again. This is defining events, and events take place in a particular space and time. So things on the other side of the x, the things that are on the left and
0: right, that are space-like. Mm-hmm. These are items. Say it's really close to the line. It's just outside our light cone. We just barely can't see it. Yep. But it's moving either equally fast, far away from us at the speed of light, or slightly faster, and will never become. Something that's in our light cone, but it's, well, it has to be moving away. Well, remember, as... events don't
1: move. Events are events. singular. Oh, okay, so light cone's an event thing, or light cone defines where whether you'll be able to observe an event or not. Okay, that's a new, that's a thing that
0: I never appreciated about light cones. I feared it was an object, so trying to see an object, an event. Well, okay, so you have a supernova outside a light cone. But when our light cone catches up, that supernova. We're not going to see the supernova, but we're going to see tons of. We'll see the after effects of of the supernova. (laughs) Which means that if you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Did I misspeak or am I misunderstanding something? So I said a supernova happens outside our light cone. Yes. But what we were just talking about, that means a supernova happened. In a place in space time that is moving faster away from us than the speed of light if it's outside like the light cone.
1: Yes. So then, it's,
0: we're not going to see the after effects because.
1: No, we'll see the after effects if that I'm object stop. is not moving faster than the speed of light away from us. But
0: oh, so, so the part of the supernova that explodes toward us could fall into the light cone. Yes. Because it's racing towards our light cone. Right. Okay. Or in kind of but then the other out. half of the supernova we'll never see because it's racing we'll never away. see the
1: we'll never see the actual supernova occur because well supernova. Right, 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 but the other half of the planetary ne-
0: the, the, the the stuff the nebula stuff whatever it forms right
1: if it's expanding well no you're thinking you're thinking about it all as an object but you have to think of you have to think a little bit less um, right. specific about it the actual event itself the supernova event it. itself you won't see but so the supernova happens here. But let's just say that... So it happened here like a thousand years from now. But it's uh, 40 light years away. Well, uh, uh, it, happens, okay. it happens 20 years from now, but it's 40 I, light I years away. Can I paint
0: the scenario? And okay. You can answer. The scenario is we have a star dying, but it's racing away from us. And just on the other side of our light cone, right? It's, it, it, space-time is expanding so fast because of the distances involved this has nothing to do with space time expanding but this thing's not running our light code is what I'm trying the scenario I'm trying but to... remember
1: that your light cone is about events not about well objects. right right no but there's
0: a thing that's going to have an
1: event here momentarily as soon as I can say it right okay but let, let me let me say something and see if that answers okay. your question okay so there is a star that's 40 light years away from us it's going to go supernova in 20 years we won't see it until our light cone hits that 40-year point. Oh, see, that's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm not
0: talking about the amount of time it takes for the photons to reach our eyeballs. Okay. I'm, I'm talking... See, to me, that is not what we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes. Okay,
1: well, all right, let, let, let me put it this way. All right, a star is racing in space. Right now, it's outside of our light cone, but it's going to get into our light cone. Ultimately, because it's moving... It's, it's moving in a direction in which it will... But again, it, again, this is all theoretical.
0: No, okay, so can, can I just... Yeah. Propose my scenario. Yeah. So this star is... In a, I mean, I think for the space... Yeah. You know, say it's... 14 point... Whatever billion years away. Okay. We, billion light years away. And it is... Just outside our observable universe. Because it's... Space time is expanding. Sure. And the... Our oldest photons that are ever going to hit us are never going to yes. catch up to it. Right. All right. So it's, and it's running. Along. And it's it's photons will never it's, catch up to us. Right. It's it's out. It's just barely outrunning our light cone, and then it goes supernova. So stuff's going to blow in all directions, uh-huh. and 180 degrees of that stuff is going to blow back into our light cone because it because it's just barely fast enough that the speed of the material ejected from the supernova pushes
1: it into our like I I know exactly what you're saying I'm trying to think about it because right. and then the
0: other 180 degrees of the explosion is Accelerated, so it's getting
1: further and further right. away from our light cone. But I'm talking about the stuff that falls into right. our light cone. So it's code. like this is just like it's a star that's moving right there, right at almost exactly at the light like line. Yeah. And as it blows up, as it boom. blows up, it pushes Half stuff it falls in. It pushes stuff into our time like area, and so that flies away. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to talk about. I don't think that's possible because the Lorentz transformation would say that it wouldn't be possible to push something into our light cone. Just like you wouldn't be able to push something, because it, it would dead be moving faster than the speed of light if it would do that. But
0: it doesn't have to be moving faster than the speed of light because of the space-time, right? Expanding. You can
1: you can expand space-time faster than the speed of light, and it doesn't break any rules. But the expansion of, of the uh, speed of light would mean that nothing would ever be going inward. Everything would since space is expanding, everything would be moving outward. Nothing would ever be moving oh, inward. So, so for my story to work,
0: not only would the star have to be just out racing us with expansion, it would have to be moving too, right? It would have to have a rocket on it, right? And then when it blows up...
1: Even with a rocket, I so, don't think it so, do it so the space-time expansion is
0: less... It's in our time-like, right? But because this item has a rocket on it, it's putting it right past the light line. The it would have to be moving faster than light for it to get across this light line. So, but but no. Here's I mean here's the scenario, right? So it's far enough away that if it was just sitting there in space, it's in our light cone. But it has a rocket on it, and it accelerates it an extra twenty percent, and it pushes it on the other side of the line. It won't matter because you're using
1: Newtonian acceleration. Thinking <laughs> you're not thinking. No,
0: no. I'm not talking about. But it's acceleration. It's sitting stationary in its own space-time. So it just has to go a little bit faster. And the, del- the But in the order addition- for it to
1: get faster than this, it would have to be faster than the speed of light. And you can't accelerate something that speed. But it wouldn't have to be the faster speed of light. Right? It would. Because in order for it to get over this bump, it would have to be faster than the speed of light. Just like you'd have to get out of...
0: You no, to- from, from our point of view, it could disappear, though. Right? Because... It's okay, it's far enough away that it's going 99.9% the speed of light. Right? It has a rocket that can make it go (coughs) 0.2% in its own local sphere, the speed of light. Sure. But that's still
1: not faster than the speed of light from our perspective.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Dilation.
2: Dilation. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm done.
1: That that's the weird thing about relativity and you know no, no. Th- those are excellent questions but you know it turns out that you know, I don't have the math to understand I, I understand there's time dilation,
0: and yes I understand how that probably justifies my crazy story into being not possible um, just I don't know that's fun. Trying
1: to trying to think about it. No, yeah, there are, those are like as I said, those are great questions, and, and they they do have answers. And the answer is that F equals ma is not correct. Uh, it it the, the the right answer is uh, the right addition for acceleration is uh, the square root of one plus or one minus uh, v squared over c squared, and so only when v squared equals c squared. Well, you get zero one minus zero and then you get zero and then you get zero acceleration you would never actually get functionally f- enough acceleration out of that to push yourself over the speed of light you, but, you, but,
0: but... okay so I'm still a little foggy on sure. exactly the mechanism here okay mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here with my telescope, and I'm watching something right on the edge of the universe speed away from me. It's crazy, blue ship. Er, yeah,
1: blue shifted. Blue shifted. Speeding it. away from you. Yeah. yeah. And no, I'm sorry. It'd be red shifted. Speeding right. yeah, yeah. 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 Red shifted. Speeding away. It's crazy red shifted.
0: And you know, I'm like, oh look, it's a rocket ship, and he's facing away from me, and he goes into afterburner and he can't get beyond my he can't get outside of my I mean we've talked about this but what so I understand how
1: okay so if he's going he can get to a point where it would appear as if he was stationary from your perspective but that would never necessarily disappear it would just fade
0: Well, yeah
1: I, I would expect it
0: to fade out but then it's going to be gone. From as far as you're concerned, yeah. And then he... That's the thing about the Then scene. he has a reactor malfunction <sighs> and it blows up and some of the debris falls backwards.
1: Right. And my light can catches up to that debris. Once he's exceeded the speed of light, if that were possible...
0: No, no. He's not exceeding the speed, he's, he's not exceeding the speed okay. of light in his reference frame. Right. But his speed... Plus, the expansion of space-time between me and him right. makes me not able to see him
1: anymore. Right, so then he, you would never see the debris, because the expansion of space-time at that point would take care of it, and you'd never get in range. So the stuff couldn't explode backwards fast enough to, nope. to make up for... Impossible. Once you hit the speed of light... Even if he's like 1 million of a percent light. beyond it, you're you're beyond... You're, you're hitting a horizon, and no events can can occur inside your horizon no events can cross that okay you did an asymptote essentially I'm not sure I buy it
0: but I'm not going to argue with you because I don't have any good additional arguments no I'm not saying you're wrong I just I'm not reconciling it yet because I, I get the laws of the speed limit of the speed of light it's just you know it, from his the the part I'm hung up on is from his frame of reference him blowing up and blowing stuff backwards it's all relativistic
1: right but from your frame of reference he's exited your universe as soon as he hits the speed of light he's gone he's exited your universe so none of his stuff is ever going to come back into your universe but
0: that seems magical right because it does. Just cause photons can't catch him for a moment, doesn't. You know that, that's the part I'm hanging on. My right. photons aren't catching him for just a say. Say it's just a couple milliseconds. Right. But, but
1: again, remember what <laughs> remember what's happening is he can't actually accelerate to the point where he gets out of your light cone. What you're saying is he's accelerating really, really far away from you, and then the universe. Expansion is what takes him outside of your light cone. At that point, the universe is going to keep expanding, and you're never going to get back into that particular part of his universe, or that his universe and your universe are constantly disconnected.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm not. You know, I'm probably underestimating the speed, the the rate of that expansion. I'm trying to slice it so razor thin that the change in velocity a relative, relativistic you know, reasonable velocity could tip the scale is right. what I'm trying to slice right
1: but the, the that's this 45 degree line this late light like mm-hmm. line and once you're outside of that line you are not coming back just like once you get past the event horizon of a black hole you're not coming back it's, it really is the same situation Okay. Uh, it's just the, the math is exactly the same the scenario is slightly different but the math works out to be the same way like you've gone out, you've entered a different universe you don't you get spaghettified <laughs> the sphagnification is is either in our universe if it's a tiny black hole mm-hmm. so, or it's theoretical if we assume that the, that, ins, that inside the event horizon the physics work the same mm-hmm. that's what spaghettification is so but there is—it it is an event horizon, just like anything else, in the sense that there is a horizon beyond which you cannot see events. Right. So yeah, once something, because of the combination of its speed away from you and the expansion of the universe, crosses that event horizon, it's not coming back. I hear what you're saying.
0: I, I, you need a better—I need a better explanation why. If it, can, if it had the technology to go back towards us at 99% the speed of light why, the, ma- why it, the expansion universe is always going to overcome that
1: let's see if I can come up with a way to describe this effectively it faces a hill it can't climb it has gotten over it's, this hill. It's nothing special from its point of view. It's just flying in a direction. No, but you're, but you're, you're switching reference frames, which is the problem. Because you're talking about our perspective, and then you're talking about his perspective, right. which is not correct. You have to think about our perspective. If you're only talking about what we will observe, you have to think about our perspective and only our perspective. Right. I mean, I get it. I mean, so in like a physical
0: term, right? The expansion of space-time is a river that's flowing too fast to paddle back up. But you get More a ride. motorboat, and you can pass, you can go up it. You know, that's the kind of that's just the kind of scenario I'm trying to. Survive. And the right, situation right is that there there the no is no motor powerful enough. Uh, well, the, the, trying the, to, the energy would be too much. But the problem, I mean, I, I as a rule of thumb, I, I get that in the river analogy. But then you can imagine a, 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 a system that's balanced just right where you have a motor that can do it. I mean, you can you imagine know, anything
1: yeah, you yeah. want, but you're the question is does, does the physical universe allow that to happen and the answer appears to be no okay all right well I, I
0: think I've uh, fleshed out my point of view as well as I can and I'm not getting any new information out of you so let's move on to yeah the next I guess thing.
1: Th- that's the <laughs> thing is that I can't answer the question so much because the as far as I know, as far as I mean, laws of the
0: universe say, no, you just can't. I mean, for a while here, I've been trying to better explain what is, what's in my head to see if... No, I, I, and there. I totally get what's in your head,
1: and I, and I understand it mm-hmm. clearly, but unfortunately, the universe keeps saying no to your, to, to your questions. The universe is said No, you can't. You can't. I mean, it's, and, and there's not a good reason for me to say why. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's not satisfying for me to say, well, that's how it is. But... That's how it is, and I get used to it. Buddy. Yeah, it's it's uh, it is unfortunately a hill that can't be climbed, uh, okay. and so yeah, once you hit that point, you're gone, and you can't you can't get back again. You can't go home again, effectively. The unless we find some ruby slippers, you need some magic. That's that's it. You need magic. All right. Do you have any magic? Uh, I have all kinds of
3: magic. Oh,
1: really? Tons Tell me magic. about your magic. Uh, it's magical. can't describe it. It just happens. Okay, well, yes, that's enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that was a good. I mean, you know, um, it reminds me of the old times uh-huh. where we were talking about concepts, you know, that's we're a little more intuitive and we're closer to the same level of, of knowledge on the thing so it was it was kind of a great throwback hopefully it didn't require that diagram on your paper there to, to be understandable hopefully I, yeah I mean because I think this was a good good talk and uh, hopefully we can have more of these I thought these days were done I thought it was, <laughs> I thought I was
1: Destined to well, I, thousand I think that,
0: years of you just talking at me. I would
1: hope <laughs> that that part of it is me becoming a better teacher, uh, and not just you asking excellent questions. I hope that some of it is is me too. Uh, but but no, um,
0: you know, you know, there's not a ton of topics recently over the last two years yeah.
1: where I've been able to like because I because I've become really interested in. in the recondite stuff—the stuff that's like ridiculous and, and far—that's well, it. I mean, it's a very yeah. mathematical thing, uh-huh.
0: and not about the flows of the universe, but right. Like the the nuts and bolts of the universe, and the, the mathematical nuts and bolts. And like, it's hard to have questions about.
1: Yeah, stuff. it is, and I totally get it. And, and the thing is, like the only. And I can't answer many questions about those things because the only way I can explain them is with math. Because I don't understand any other way. It's it's not... And the math is not English. The math is this math thing. And I get the concept from math and I can sort of understand, grasp the concept, I can crock it in, in my head with the math. But I can't, without you knowing the math, then I can't really explain it to you in an English way.
0: Do you think these... Two coin halves are sticking together just from suction, or is there some
1: van in there too? Uh, I'm a certainly van Jeff is Jeff is putting the uh, uh the these two halves together. I did a three
0: D printed coin, like challenge coin, and I haven't glued them together yet. And so we've got two very smooth surfaces. Mm-hmm. And I noticed a little bit of like a deck hock They kind of glide over each other, which is an air cushion or something. And then the opposite, I push them together and lift it. They stick together fairly well, even though they're not sticky. And I was trying to figure out if that is all low
1: air pressure between them, suction, or if there's, you know, Vanderwall's forces, gecko feet. I, I, I think that, well, I mean, Waals forces are not just gecko feet. I mean, I've it's the main thing where you, you take a little piece of something and... It kind of sticks a little bit yeah. to to your finger, this little piece of wire, and it sticks a little bit to my finger for a little bit. Now we, not, I didn't even put in special oils and that's oils yeah, too. That, yeah, and then yeah. there's that kind of yeah. stuff going on too. There, yeah. There's various very, um, very minor molecular bonds that over a large because there are huge bunches of molecules over a large enough surface mm-hmm. area will we'll keep it up, but. The thing so is I, like, you are pushing, pushing down together, so it might to, be more suction, but that's also van der Waals in the sense that, like, if I push harder, more yeah, forces, forces come me Yeah, so it's a bunch of different things, mm-hmm. really. van der Waals is not the only explanation for what's happening. Yeah, I was just surprised when I started noticing that that I was actually they were actually mm-hmm. attracting, attracting. That's so the right word. Yeah. Sticking together. So I mean, like van der Waals is just it's it's one of many forces. The thing about the gecko in particular is that. The Van der Waals force in that case is the largest component of the forces that okay. are sticking it to it. There are other things. There are the oils, there's the vacuum, there's all, all those mm-hmm. types of stuff. But the Van der Waals is the largest because of the service area and because of what's going on. In this case, I imagine it's, it's a bunch of different things. And the Van der Waals, mm-hmm. I'm not sure which is the largest component of it, The Van der Waals is one of them. Cool. Well, done with that album. this is something i've been looking for forever to be our commercial background i have no idea what it was I, I,
0: you know i knew this one was the the baby elephant march or march the baby elephants or whatever it's called uh, you know if we could only enunciate like yeah got the same wavelength i kind of told you what it was called
1: baby elephant walk
0: There was a, a 99% Invisible. It was really interesting. It was about get, a pee. So, if you, I mean, if you want... I can do this quick. Or... I, I'd like to talk about it if you want to go pee. Yeah. Um, I do want you to hear it, so I'll talk yeah. about something else in the meantime.
1: Talk about baby elephants.
0: Oh, I love baby elephants. Well, this is kind of about elephants, so... Um, 3D Printer update. I... added a new mod to it. I was getting... Atrocious print extrusion. I was getting failed prints left and right. I was having a super difficult time with different filaments. It, was, it turned out it was like many filaments. I'm like, what's going on? And the stock print head on the Maker Select is uh, has this Teflon tube inside, PTFE, tetra, blah 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 Teflon, and uh, it. It's only good to about 250 degrees. Well, the printer's firmware will let you print up to 260. I had this gold ABS that is like a 265 maximum temperature. And to get it to print really well, I got it up around 250, 255, 260, I forget. But it kind of wore out, burnt out the Teflon tube. I forgot, didn't realize what it was... But there was a spare Teflon tube in the printer, in the bag of stuff the printer came with. Uh, and also, when you buy a printer, the, the the hot end is kind of this mysterious, scary thing of heating elements and wires and extrusion nozle, no, nozzles. And you're not really sure how it all goes together, so I was hesitant to take it apart for fun. So I ordered uh, a aftermarket all-metal hot end for the printer from Micro Swiss and it fits like just like the original does but uh, there's no Teflon tube in there it was a 50 $50 upgrade but it was so worth it, um, it may maybe if I would have uh, replaced the Teflon tube my prints would have got better
1: again but they were never this good so I'm, I'm super happy with the $50 upgrade for the printer
0: just a printer update for the listeners.
1: Let me let me go back to, because I was just thinking this while I was uh, okay. ex, ex, you know, making my bowels empty. Um, remember, we talked about in the pre-show, time is rotation. When you're accelerating, time is rotation. Right. And so if you look at it this way, just I'll put a horizontal line and then I put a line perpendicular mm-hmm. to that. Okay. So that is how, as far as you're concerned, time moves. And something that's accelerating, it's going to rotate in time. So it's Time arrow, let's say, is going to go in this direction. Once the time, if it's going at the speed of light, its time arrow starts to go in the same direction as that horizontal line. If you go faster than the speed of light, then the time arrow is going backwards. Okay. uh, Which is, as far as we know, unphysical. So this horizontal line is sort of a demarcation point you can't get around that. You can't move the arrow back that way in any way that we can understand it. So in order for something to cross this light-like line back here, it have to turn its arrow back this way, okay? it have to rotate in time backwards. And this goes back to that equation, the square root of one minus v squared over c squared. As I said, that's how you add uh, velocities, right? So you can see how whatever your velocity is, it's going to be some, it is one minus some percentage of one, Mm -hmm. some part of one. So it's always going to be some negative number. If v squared is equal to c squared, then it's going to be zero. The only way that this could be positive is if v squared is greater than c squared. Okay. Because otherwise this is zero. Mm -hmm. Or something less than zero. This only becomes something positive if this velocity is greater than C. All right. Okay. And so that's that arrow somehow crossing this direction, crossing this way of no return. You're rotating out of the universe or back into the universe. And as far as we know, that's... You can do it one way, but you can't do it the other. Okay. Okay. Does right. that help at all? A little bit, I think. Okay. The thing I want to talk about,
0: elephants and whatnot, there was a 99% Invisible, about uh, Foley artists. you know
1: what Foley is? Of course, sound.
0: But, like, okay, so, yeah, maybe not, maybe Foley, okay, maybe I find Foley a little too, if it's just sound, these are the guys who add sound effects to right. nature documentaries.
1: Right. And. Well, yeah, Foley's is, you know, like a Foley artist would. You know, add something in there, or that, that's probably a nature sound. But a Foley may like punching. When you hear punching, usually that's um, things hitting like uh, pieces of meat or something. Like People, right. they, they come up with interesting yeah. ways. Like, right. the, like, uh, or I, I remember the lightsaber whoosh whoosh was from a projector that made a sound and they put a microphone close to it far away from uh-huh. it, So it went, wow, wow. Okay. And that has the, that's where the Foley artist came with that sound. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: So they're talking about animal art—Foley uh, artists for nature documentaries adding sounds of uh, animals walking through the woods, you know, because zoom lenses are great for getting great up-close footage, but there's not an equivalent. You might think shotgun microphones an equivalent, but it's not really. You don't, you really can't mic animals. So a lot of... Even Planet Earth 2 uses
1: a lot sure. of Foley. You don't and have any cellophane, do you? No, I don't think I do. If you're a cellophane, you can say it's a fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's an example of how they make something these Well, cells. the
0: reason I brought this... I mean, so it's an interesting story about, like, true-to-life educational and then artistic liberties in a movie, which a documentary is a movie... But one of the things I found most interesting was elephants are quiet. They have big fatty pads on the bottom of their feet and they move almost silently. But if you did a true to nature uh, depiction of elephants, it would seem uncanny. You know, it would seem wrong to the viewer. So Foley artists have to strike a balance of true to, the good ones, strike a balance of true to nature versus making the viewer comfortable by not, you know, not um, defying their expectations too much. Because when you start defying their expectations, that doesn't seem natural, even though maybe it is natural. The Smarter Every Day. I've been waiting. I wanted to
1: show you this thing. You watch Smarter Every Day, right? Occasionally, yeah. So uh, they had this thing where, where he did this thing about tribal luminescence, and he showed uh, a lifesaver being impacted. Your name. Uh, anyway. And he, there's a lot of... I thought I was thinking about how much interesting Foley work went into it. Like well, th- This is a bullet hitting something. I have no idea what just happened. And this is all Foley work Right, that's not the sound of a of a bullet I'm hitting a Prince Rupert's drop, yeah. but you hear this echo that gives you at least that. It sounds you...
0: like it's slowed down, but at that speed, it'd be so slow it might right. be super bass or inaudible. Sure. So here's another could...
1: here's another one where so he, this is he's taking a um, lifesaver and he's showing a hammer hitting it, and okay. And the tribal luminescence occurs. Now, of course, all that crackling and the sound of the hammer hitting it, and that's not a sound that actually comes out of hitting a lifesaver and getting the tribal luminescence. But mixing those sounds with it Mm -hmm. allows your brain to comprehend what's going on a little bit more, even though it's not at all what it actually sounds like. Yeah, the camera that takes the super
0: high slow motion doesn't have a microphone. Right good point though and no one would expect this I mean the stuff just the Foley artists right they're, like the good ones they'll do a take for a nature documentary like Planet Earth 2 and you know if it's an animal they're familiar with they can just do the scene in one take That's, I mean if you're good at your job you're good at your job yep. and uh, you know it becomes natural but then you know if there's a new animal that like the, the one artist you know, hasn't seen before he'll he'll watch the footage a few times he'll experiment with these normal tool bag of tricks, and, you know, and the good ones are still going to do it. But, yeah, could you, Matt, like,
1: that seems so crazy. It's funny oh. that you bring that up, because I remember, because this was recent, and I remember thinking when I was watching this, as a good Foley artist. I mean, like, it's one of those things yeah. that you, unless you know about, unless you know that uh, what's going on, you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. But when you do know it, and you see it, and you can be really impressed by it. That's why sound engineers don't get Oscars, because... And then and, and shit like that because that is stuff that you don't see yeah. unless you're really paying attention you're really looking for it. And it is impressive when it is seamless. When it feels real. Mm-hmm. But it's the opposite of real. Yeah. It is very, very fake. But the beauty of good artists is that they make it feel real. Yeah. Uh, you know. And as you said, 99% Invisible, that would be the goal of a good fo- folio artist to not be noticed mm-hmm. to have it be so effective that the only, the people who are totally aware that it's not real are going to be aware of it. Everyone else is just going to think it's completely real.
0: Yeah. The, the you know, kind of the moral question about it is like nature documentary, you're trying to show the life of an elephant and now you're misleading the people, but it's more of, Effective, it's not really lying
1: because like right. that, this is not a It's yeah, not really a yeah. moral quandary to show a life area being crushed and put noise into it, because all you're doing is you're accentuating the parts that you want to show. Now, yeah, the the people who really understand this are going to know that it's not actually crackling like that. But is that a big factor in what you want to show? No, you want to show off. Tribe luminescence in this case, you mm. want to show off the the, the are showing off, not that you also can't get sound out of it and blah blah blah. You want to show off the the nature you're showing off, not that oh right. it doesn't you know make sounds and stuff. more yeah. and what's it? What's the harm, right? Yeah, it's
0: victimless. I guess is the counter argument. It, it, it makes no. it makes it more engaging, makes people care more, right? Doesn't seem uncanny like a silent elephant walking through the jungle. You know, because like that would just seem weird. Where you you see this two ton elephant, three ton elephant, whatever they weigh, walking through the bush and right. making not a noise. I
1: guess I guess the question is. So I I you know if I think about it a little bit more, I can think that yeah, is it on some level a trick of sorts, almost a misdirection? Yes, but if it's helping it get through to your head what the concept is, and that's may be better than it being impenetrable because you can't hear the sound and therefore your right. brain doesn't accept it. Right. That's
0: kind of the pro argument. Right. Is that they're not taking advantage of you. They're easing they're, it in. They're easing, yeah, yeah. It's it's easing you into the important thing and this is not the important thing. Right. You're lubing it up.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you can just
1: take it. Yeah,
0: So I mean, that, was, that was interesting Because I never really appreciated The extent that Foley artists Were used in nature documentaries
1: Yeah uh, But like as I said The good folio artist is invisible mm-hmm. And so That's where I'm into The 99% invisible But I'm, I'm much more interested In what you tell me About that stuff Than actually listening to the podcast mm-hmm. Call it what it is But it's probably Similar to You don't like Roman Mars He's not your guy well, I, I would imagine, and I guess I would hope, that it's probably similar to you're much more interested in me telling you what I've learned about some crazy thing than you actually reading the the research paper True. and going through all that yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to tell you to start listening to that. Yeah. I'm not even going to tell you to listen to this episode. It was just a great.
1: But no, I, think, I, I think it's, it's absolutely cool. Yeah, there's, th- th- that is always... It's it's like the storytelling stuff that I that I obsess over in the sense that when it's good it's it's invisible, when it's good it's your your. It sounded you're very it sounded very
0: un- ergonomic was the other thing that would take away I had right. So talking about the play the Foley artist studio right, and he's in this room with these trap doors on the floor, and one is sand, another one is soil, another mm-hmm. one's gravel, another one's grass or something like that. But then he's talking about how like. Since he has better dexterity with his hands, he doesn't use his feet. He uses his hands. So he's like sitting Indian style on the floor, reaching down into these pits. Like, why not have a table? You know? Like, why not be sitting in a chair? That that, that almost like took me out of the story. Like, Uh like, this is so illogical. Like, why? You know, like... (laughs) And that wasn't the focus of the whole thing, right. But you know, it's just a question. That is- hearing that like took me like it's like when you see something really stupid in a movie, it takes you out of the fantasy. Yeah, right? that took me out of the fantasy. Like, why is the Foley artist sitting on the floor, reaching into a pit?
1: Okay, all right. So let me see if I can come up with um, what used to be called in Marvel and no prize, which is someone coming up with an explanation for something that isn't actually mentioned, but just <laughs> just mm-hmm. coming their brains with a possible explanation. Okay. So what if the reason is a lot of times or sometimes they may actually just have to have people stepping on it like even multiple people stepping on it so having it be on a table is hard because you need to get sometimes multiple sounds out but if you really want to get the really expression of one animal it's easier with your hands okay so it's so it's more like it's just when they want to do very individual things, they go down with their hands into it. But when they need to get a whole bunch of sounds, it's easier to do a bunch of okay feet.
0: Uh, I'm not going to argue against yeah. that. But it just bugged me. I'm like, why are you sitting on the fucking floor if you always <laughs> use your hands for foot sounds? For hooves and
1: feet and right. claws. And... Anyway. I would yeah. like to see that though as opposed to hear it like you want to see how big is is this actual area Google it like YouTube right there look for a fully organism I'd love to see it too so alright
0: alright so here we go
2: behind this um, elements to it uh, uh... that's what I do with any black nemesis. I like this one a lot because I can put my whole body into it and it feels pretty
0: good so she's just in a room with a bunch of props It
2: can start, you know, it can come rolling in Or it can just be a big crash It's a big
0: plastic sheet And
2: it gets a good reaction every time So Some of the sound effects that we have on the table Are sounds that are, for instance, if you want to make shoe steps You use shoes But we have to create sounds that we don't necessarily have like that So one of my She has tables, she's not sitting on the floor yeah. Um, we use macaroni and cheese, and it has to be craft um, macaroni and cheese. The, the regular kind we can 't have like any organic bunnies or any of these other different shapes. it actually matters so uh, then this is a train whistle that I whittled.:
0: Oh they also and, said that um, these like so <laughs> they 're very sounds
2: like this. Jeremy!
0: Uh, see, watching it, it takes the magic out because that, yeah. that sounded like a toy, like uh-huh. a, a toy train whistle and macaroni and cheese right. to me.
2: Is this baby book? This is what we used to create all the fires in the show, um, and it's just rub it like that, and then it's a fire. Magic.
1: That's There's a cell i sorry.
2: That you have to try to avoid because that really ruins the tension. Um, <laughs> we also have our door, which is a standard piece, and it's a tiny door that still creates the same sound as a big door. Because when we get George to mic this, all the sound effects, he can take it. Well, the they're saying the,
0: the community is very collaborative, so they'll uh, share. Yeah. This, uh, this, you
2: know. one, this one is like, So she
0: learned the craft mac and, and cheese trick from somebody, from somebody boxes, else, who learned from somebody else, and it probably gets this studies. like urban lore so that has, has to be craft. It's, craft. it's not like
1: magic or even brewing to bring it back to you know.
2: All right, let's get in there. So that's when you're going to someplace scary.
1: It See if you can find a nature
0: folio. Um,
2: what else do we have here? Or Her so animal Foley. Some, some cool things that are like electronic little.
1: This week,
3: it is using sound that wasn't recorded with the film to bring the picture alive, to uh, bring the essential truth out in a sequence. The essential truth. In a film. The chap who first did it back in the 20s in America, his name was Foley. Mm. The mics then weren't good enough to pick up all the sound that was going around. Some elephants in the bush. Elephants. Now that all looks fine, but here's the actual sound that was recorded. Instead of getting this beautiful sound of uh, Umfalosi game reserve, we're getting the sound of tourists. An easy fix for this one, would just to use a clump of really nice ambience from Umfalosi game reserve of elephants grazing when the tourists weren't there and just drop it in. What is ambience? You could say it's like the general sound of a particular place and it will change according to the time of day and Yeah, that's uh, not fully uh, SK hey, it's, it's not, not the kind of stuff have, we're talking uh, about We're not I mean, producing doing sound on these things. Probably a 45-50 minute show we talked Oh, okay, about. we'll have to look for it yeah. anyway,
0: so. anyway That'd be easier to find the guy with the pit in the floor But Anyway
1: Oh, well Interesting stuff Interesting stuff, out. for sure
0: We need a fully artist for our show I thought we needed, a, like, a... Uh, there you go. <laughs> <Don't>, <laughs> rule number one of Foley artistry, do not bang the microphone.
1: Especially live Foley. Live Foley's hard. <laughs> We're good The universe at... live to tape. <laughs> I guess that's good enough. Yeah, for, it sounds good. All right, Talk. see you guys next week or so. Woohoo.